Hello, Guardians. Today is April 14th, 2023. My name's Dan Finity, and welcome to Destiny Digest. Happy Friday, folks, or whatever day it is when you're listening to this. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Today is an absolute banger. We got a pretty all right twab. We have some community news. We got a conversation with Epic Dan and Pigeon just around the corner talking about our experiences doing Conqueror in a day or basically six hours. Before we get into all the news, just a quick personal roundup of sorts. If you're looking for a helpful community in Destiny 2, head on over to discord.gg forward slash Infinity. That is my Discord, where my clan current meta resides, as well as all the folks from the streams. Twitch.tv forward slash Danfinity, by the way. People are talking strategies. People are talking builds, especially around GMs, which I'll be helping folks with this Sunday and just about every Sunday for the rest of the season from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. So Discord.gg is the central hub. Catch me live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Danfinity. If you're into it now, enough about me. What about the news this week? We didn't get a mid season article. Uh, we did get some chop on Thursday when it came to the servers. There was some background maintenance that was kicking people out. I know I was in the middle of helping somebody with an arms dealer GM when servers just started getting a little funky and we all got kicked out at the boss. And so I had to play something else other than destiny Two. cry. But this week has been noteworthy. Bungie took to the TWAB this past Thursday to uh, clarify their stance on third-party peripherals, um, mainly tools that were built for accessibility that are instead being used as ways to manipulate input devices and circumnavigate the difficulty of encounters, specifically in PvP, uh, but also in in some PvE regards as well, such as World First Races, and the TWAB hippie rights. Our community has grown increasingly frustrated by a form of cheating that uses third-party peripherals with the intent to manipulate the game client. These devices are plugged into a computer or console where they can, for example, execute simple scripts or trick the game into giving you extra aim assist. You'll note that we aren't calling out the services by name. The primary reason for that is we simply don't want to offer a bigger spotlight than necessary. Instead, our focus is on what the impact of using tools like this has on the PvP environment. To this end, Bungie has adopted the following policies on any form of external aids. Bungie embraces the use of external accessibility aids that enable an experience the game designers intended, but will take action including bans on people who abuse these tools specifically to gain an advantage over other players. After the emboldened statement, they then go through and break down individual portions of it. This feels like they are laying out something more for liability purposes or policy or terms of service to make it extremely clear where accessibility ends and where exploitation begins. So number one, external accessibility aids are any device or input that augments the player's ability to control the game beyond what the game itself normally provides. This includes, but is not limited to, programmable controllers, 
keyboard and mouse adapters, advanced macros, or automation via artificial intelligence. This does not include features that Bungie provides. For more information on how Bungie supports accessibility, check out their goals outlined by accessibility at Bungie. Two, experience the game designers intended means that content meant to be difficult or prestige is designed like that for a reason. We do not intend for difficulty to be automated away via software or hardware. Therefore, simply using an accessibility aid to play Destiny 2 where a player could not play otherwise would not be a violation of this policy. Using these tools to mitigate challenges all players face, such as reducing recoil or increasing aim assist, would be a violation. Three, gain an advantage means used for the purpose directly or indirectly of achieving victory. For example, some players that abuse these tools rise in PvP ranks at a rate far beyond what is expected for a player improving through typical play. Because the benefits of cheating in PvE can affect things like the world's first race or even spill over into PvP, we will be evaluating all gameplay for violations. We will be monitoring for violations of the policy and issuing warnings, restrictions, and or bans appropriately. This has been a matter of extended conversations, both internally and in the community, and we want to strike the right balance between Bungie's goal of simultaneously enabling everyone to enjoy our games and protecting our community. Now, um, like I said earlier, this comes off the heels of several other companies. I believe Apex Legends also came forward and said, hey, we're not going to allow Zim and Cronus anymore for competitive play. Um, this move by Bungie comes after that. It also comes after Gamers First, which is a PvP organization led by Kenny Vaccaro. That team, which specifically was built around his love for Destiny, his love for Destiny PvP, and the creators in it, they just dropped their Destiny 2 content team this week, stating... Today is a bittersweet day as we say goodbye to our D2 PvP content team and look back on an incredible journey together. We went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the community as the Bungie Bounty won movie of the week with our Team Taj emergence and raised countless dollars for great causes through charity tournaments and initiatives. We'll always look back fondly on our memories together. And while we won't field an active roster or create content as a team again, we still plan to be involved in the community through charity initiatives and other community events. Destiny is our home after all, and despite the difficult decision, we still love the game and the community dearly. While the state of gaming esports has us taking a step back for now, who knows where things might take us over the next several years. For now, we say goodbye and thank you to the many amazing players that created lasting memories we won't forget. Paradasia at Astra, the G1 team. That was announced on their Twitter, and I'm sure these conversations were being had before uh, G1 left. I feel like this is a good move for the PvP base. They've been asking for it for years at this point. It feels like we're finally seeing the push in the rest of the industry, and maybe that's the thing that, that was the tipping point. I also feel like this is weird territory for folks who use macros in interesting ways, like uh, Guardian Photographer. Guardian Photographer, we just had him on the show a couple weeks back. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend that interview. Um, but he uses a macro to take photos in Destiny 2 in order to make his content because Destiny doesn't have a native photo mode. So do the macros there then translate to something that he could be banned for? 
well skating, movement tech, getting across the gap with your sword. If you take that and turn that into a macro, is that something that is an abandonable offense under this policy? I think that's something that you'll see a lot of people talking about over the next few weeks. I know we talked about it in my chat. If you'd like to let me know what your thoughts are, uh, please message me on Twitter at Danfinity, where the eyes are else. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this conversation. Moving more into a fashion side of things, we got more information about we got more information about the best dress commendation, which actually will be coming next Tuesday, April the 18th, as part of patch 7.0.5. They bumped it up from season 21 all the way up to that mid-season patch. So you'll now be able to add that. It won't be weighted as heavily. It's more for fun. But you'll at least have another option here soon to give to your buddies. They also reminded us this week in the TWAB that we will be getting Trials Labs on week 8 and 11 of Season 20. In both, they'll be testing new matchmaking parameters to gather analytics and verify they work as intended on a large scale. As a refresher, they remind us that we will now have two always active soft pools. Soft meaning matchmaking initially prefers not to blend the pools, but will, if necessary, to find a good game quickly so the distinction is not dramatic as the one between flawless and non-flawless in the current system. So the first pool will be the challenger pool. This is where most players who currently play trials on a week-to-week basis and who want to go flawless will play. It represents an experience more like the original iteration of Trials in D1, without the focus on making games more difficult as the card progresses or after you have been flawless. The pool matches based solely on connection, with no matchmaking based on tickets, wins, or skill. Players who have any card with no losses, including a card after reset, or those playing with someone in their fire team that has a card with no losses will be placed in this pool as well. We will also be receiving the practice pool, This is where we all get floaties. The pool is targeted at new or less experienced players, players who are not yet ready to give Going Flawless a shot and represents a place for them to dip their toes into trials without being thrown straight into the deep end. This pool matches based on connection and weekly performance, how well you have done in trials that week, resets every week. Only players with a flawed card or those on their first game of the week can play in that pool. They remind us that This pool has stomp protection, so if you're consistently struggling, it will reduce your weekly performance rating to give you slightly easier matches until you recover. And farming protection. If the system detects that you or a fire team member are likely attempting to farm the practice pool, it will slow down your matchmaking times initially, and if you continue, it will lock you into the challenger pool for the remainder of the weekend, regardless of the card state. We also got a reminder that the updates for the Passages of Wealth and Mercy... And the changes to the Gilded Flawless Triumph requirements will not be live on these weekends. They will come in Season 21 and that they will be monitoring for feedback. That's pretty much it for the news. Now, onto a conversation with Pigeon and Epic Dan. Well, hey. Pidge and Epic Dan, welcome back to the show. Hello. You guys are two-timers now. Good to be back. Yeah, thank you guys so I much guess, for being yeah. here. Um, so we did conquer in a day. How do how do you guys conquer. feel? See, you say a day, but it's only a few hours, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like five or six hours. We did it on the same day. Yeah, it was like 
was it was it seven hours total was my stream yesterday so and we did it in like six yeah yeah like six seven hours pending mm. technical issues mechanical <laughs> issues Me mechanical issues tedium issues yeah copium <laughs> and hopium issues uh <laughs> before we get too deep into that uh, why don't we have you guys introduce yourselves to the audience just in case they may not know you or they don't make it to the end of the episode. Let's start with you, Epic Dan. If you don't know who I am, my name is Daniel. A lot of people just go by Epic Dan or Dan. I play way too much Destiny, but <laughs> I have a, uh, a a prescription for that called Epic Gamer. <laughs> <laughs> and I play too much Destiny. That's it. That's I, it. I do. I, I'm the Dest. I like Destiny. Heck yeah, heck yeah. You, you are selling yourself short, then. Yeah, you, you, can, you can find him on twitch.tv forward slash epicdan22. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you can find me. I know how to plug myself, I swear. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a, that's a skill. It's a, <laughs> like not being a content creator and being like, yeah, this is just who I am. I, I admire I that more than you know. It's like staying humble. Yeah. Pidge, what about you? I'm the less humble guy. I'm the guy that will come up in your face. Uh, my name's Pigeon, if I haven't met you guys before. Uh, I'm from Glasgow, Scotland. It's very important people know that as well. And I too have a Destiny 2 addiction, specifically PvE and endgame content. And I'm here for... Uh, you, you called it a post-mortem, I think, Dan? Yeah. I, th I, think that that, I think that that fits for this. Because yeah, um, dissect well, slash postmortem review. Yeah, so we did. Well, we came out in one piece, didn't we? So what? We came out in one piece. Oh yeah, yeah. Mostly, except for like now I'm floored in. <laughs> floored in. <laughs> yeah, I'm floored in. Mentioned floored in for sure. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, but first, but before we get into that, like, how long have you have you guys been doing this season over season? It's been like four or five at least. Was it was the first season Witch Queen season, or the season after? So I, I'm guilty here. Me, I, I'm pretty sure I reached out to Dan. Um, I'm looking back at the dates, Dan, and it says June seventeenth, twenty twenty two. I don't know if that was our first outing, but it just it, it just struck up plans one one season, and then I I'm a big fan of tradition, so I said to Dan like, let's do it next season. Mm -hmm. And true to that, like, <laughs> apart from when we catch each other when we're in voice chat or uh, in game <clears throat> or streams for that matter, uh, most of my, <laughs> my my inbox from Dan is it's almost that time, Dan. It's <laughs> Gilded Conquer in the daytime. <laughs> and then there's our, our window of organizing it, and then we've went ahead and done it. So, like, the next one's going to happen. <laughs> I, See, I, was, I like that because yeah. I'm a. I'm a uh feature of habit mm -hmm. and i like the the i like pages consistency you know i mm -hmm. i don't even have to worry about my like you know getting a team because i know you know i'm gonna get that dm <laughs> yeah at that time i'm like yeah let's go and three, there we go three months like clockwork <laughs> so i don't mind like i think even a week ago before he messaged me someone was asking in my chat Am I doing GM? I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a pitch before even DM. I just knew. So like, even the DM. I don't mind because I just, I like consistency in my life. Yeah. So I like consistent things like that. You know, I don't, 
I'm so used, um, as all of us are, having to be the person to um, organize organize all the mm. time and especially when i do all the when i sherpa stuff i have to organize everything yes and i enjoy at least one thing in my life not having to be organized <laughs> so i like I, I let Pidge take care of that I'll, I'll come be the gamer i ain't got to even worry about anything else so whenever he messages me about it i'm like yes sir <laughs> I, I would just like on. to point out by the way mm-hmm. like that this this is obviously this is just me to you dan uh the if there ever is a time where neither of us one of us can't make it don't worry about it we'll we'll, we'll get the next one there's just so you're not hard oh, pressed absolutely you know? yeah just, just just so you know i know yeah. sooner or later it's gonna happen you know just because of life oh yeah but Definitely. still I'm, I'm always like eh, i'm <laughs> i got i got a group already you know yeah. i'm good so. the tradition yeah. continues exactly i think and when we we set that up the goal was to get like a, a third content creator mm-hmm and props to, to Dan again. Um, he's let me pick the last two. So I said, like, you you reach out for the next one. But it's just a case of, like, we'll reach out to someone that we're, we are have in mind already or someone who's mm-hmm. maybe internally reached to us as well and said, hey, mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Because that's what happened with Dan Finity. Yeah, like, that's what I did. Here. Yeah. <laughs> he, he messaged me saying, uh, to me, this is like gold dust when Dan messaged me and says, are you off next Tuesday? Yes. <laughs> Are you on for reset next Tuesday? Yes. Are you streaming next Tuesday? Yes. Right, we're doing it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The stars aligned. <laughs> so, it, was, yeah. it was my pleasure. I was like, man, so I want to do GM. I want to do GM Conqueror on Tuesday. I just want to get it knocked out so I know yeah. what I'm getting into for helps. Um, and then, like, reached out to Pidge because I knew, I knew Pidge and you, Dan, both, like... It, it is a tradition it's something that i look forward to <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and so like to be a part of that thank you guys for for allowing me to take part and and run with you all. absolutely yeah we i like horse. it because like Paige was saying mm-hmm. um as a content creator as we all are we all have our own schedules we all have our own communities yeah and w- even though we all try to game together Mm-hmm. We all have our own schedules. We ha- all have our own priorities to our community first. I do like it because I get to spend a couple hours with some folks that I first admire, some folks that I've always wanted to play with that I might not have the chance to play with. And I do like that a lot because I brought in people that Pidge might not have played with, and he's brought in people that I've not had a chance to play with, and it's a really cool experience. It's a really cool time, and because of scheduling, because of our own work and our own priorities, I don't get that a lot, and Mm -hmm. it's easy to reach out to someone and say, hey, let's game together, and then three, four months go by. Yeah, nothing happens. You know, nothing. We've all experienced that. Or Anne's been guilty of it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I have as well. You know, I get the message, let's play together. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then three months go by, and I'm like, I just, you know, it's just, at least with this so far, in the last couple of seasons, it's been really nice because it's always been, hey, I get to play with this person. I haven't had a chance to play with this person yet. This should be a fun time. And of course, we all want to, as content creators, get the conquering the day thing done. You know, mm-hmm. it's, re- it's good for content, and it's good just to at least have people in, in the directory connect together. Mm-hmm. So I would enjoy that part of a lot because I it's something I I don't get to do a lot myself. Mm-hmm. So 
though. I like that a lot. So props to Pidge for first starting that off for me. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always been about, yeah. Like um, collaboration and sharing experiences is the kind of aim. So something like Gildan Conquer in a Day as an actual, for me, it's, it's a content format. It's something I can actually have on stream and be like, this is what we're doing today and mm-hmm. we're going to do it <laughs> and yep. it's going to be good. It's going to be an experience. And your and chat likes you, it as well because you're like, oh, I've never seen Pitch play with this person or this group. This should be fun content to watch as well. Yeah, so. exactly. Let, yeah. The, let the magic happen. Let the personalities clash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or coalesce like, into, <laughs> into <laughs> the sweet, sweet honey that was yesterday. <laughs> was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was like, uh, Dan, that was our first time playing together. Like, yeah, even though we've talked together on this show for the, for the PVE panel, um, yeah. back in season 18 and then Pidge, we've been friends for ages. <laughs> so it's just always, always blessed. And, uh, mm-hmm. thank you guys once again. Um, it's nice to be in the fire team with people on my friends list after such a long time sometimes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well, I guess we should uh start getting into it. Um so this season we have the Mars Heist Battlegrounds, we have the Hypernet, we had uh the revisions of Lake of Shadows and the uh freaking Arms uh, Dealer. Arms Dealer. That's it. That's the one that I got I'm you. drawing a blank on. Thank you. Uh <laughs> we had um we had Glassway. Um, and there's one other one. Yes. No? Proving Grounds. Proving Grounds. Proving Grounds. So, um, first and foremost, what, what did you guys prepare going into GMs yesterday? Did you guys have loadouts that you'd already, like, kind of locked in and set? Or... I had, like, two. Mm Mm-hmm. I literally had... But the last couple of seasons, I had ran Titan and Hunter mm-hmm. for these GMs, and I was like, I haven't done a a warlock for GMs in a long time. I'm gonna just do a warlock. I mean, and so uh, I made a strand one. Glad your new strand was gonna be good somehow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just made. I was like, let me just make a well. I'm gonna be running well anyway, and I just made a Phoenix Protocol one. Only because I haven't ran one well in a GM in a very long time, and I hadn't ran Phoenix Protocol. So for me, I was going old school. You know, mm-hmm. I, like, oh, I want to run Phoenix Protocol. Why not? And I like Strand will be good for if there's unstoppables everywhere. Yeah. You know, at least I got that. At least I can suspend stuff. And then Well will be good for giving me Radiant, giving us Radiant, and then at all times having, you know, anti-barrier, for example, or something. Just in case you didn't want to run, um, what's that thing, Arbalest or something. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's Did- all I had really was just, um, I had com- commemorate, uh, not commemoration, corrective measure. Mm-hmm. For like Bricks Beyond, Volatile, and anti-barrier there. And then I just ran Izzy because of the, the oversurge thing for like, uh, you're getting like what 25% more damage when you're running the subclass that's on the thing. Mm-hmm. So I that's knew right. it would be strand because it's like the highlighted one. And I was like, I'll, I'll just, if it's hopefully it's solar because I'm running well, then I can still take the extra damage from Izzy. 
And then I just had my energy weapon be whatever was needed for like that uh, strike. But mm-hmm. since Mash Game wasn't there, I wasn't as worried. So I had like a couple of pulses and a couple of strikes, uh, a couple of scouts, and that was it. That's all I planned. Mm-hmm. Just just in case like anything happened. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the the reading. Sorry, the whale readings for Antibario, because when I came out with like what I was using. Also, if you wanted to say something, Dan, because I've I've got my tangent here. <laughs> oh no, go oh, ahead, man. Uh, literally. I went in yesterday with the mindset of I really want to take advantage of the new champion system, mm-hmm. uh, being able to deal with them via certain abilities or weapon perks yeah. rather than just conforming to the, the artifact mods. Uh, it was definitely quite challenging though. Like, so I'd, I had like ignition build with uh, I was on my hunter, so I like thought I would do my hunter most of the day, although I would swap classes if needed based on the needs of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the ones I've been using recently was the young Ahamkara Spine on my Hunter. And you can actually build up Ignitions really quickly, which deal with Unstoppable Champions. Um, as well as that, it had Radiant built in with the Throne Knives, which was for Anti-Barrier. So mm-hmm. I, I actually was giving myself like Anti-Barrier Sniper at some point. So I was using Aznagi's Burden, uh, similar to what Dan was saying there. Uh, <laughs> Ended up, I did have to roll back to Old Fateful on a few <laughs> of the strikes. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I, if you want to do a strike-by-strike basis, but I found myself going back to, like, Omnioculus on my Hunter. Um, I've always got that build ready. Uh, I, ha- I actually had a lot of success with Strand in one of the Nightfalls on my Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suspend mm-hmm. is really strong. Like, it can deal, pretty much deal with most champions in the game. Obviously, it staggers Unstoppables. Mm-hmm. But you can actually use it to crowd control barriers and overloads as needed, uh, giving you that breathing room to like take them down. Uh, what else did I use? Weapon wise, yeah, I had I had the classics. I had like the Aquilus SMG for overloads. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Aznagi's Burden. I used Galahorn quite a few times yesterday as well. I think there was quite a few Solar Surge strikes actually, yeah, uh, which I yeah. found myself using. And when I could, I would rock some void weapons for. Spectrum Beyond, Volatile Downs and whatnot. Those were all topics. Oh, special shout out to the, the Lingering Dread grenade launcher uh, with disorienting grenades mm-hmm. and chill clip on it. Because that's kind of oh, a huge, a, a really powerful utility weapon that you can uh, like disorient adds with, but you can also stun overloads with it. And then if you're if you're good with it, you can deal with the unstops as well. So it's like it's just like a Swiss Army knife weapon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That goes for a few things yesterday as well. Yeah, I th- I remember seeing you post a clip uh, of Lake of Shadows, of our running Lake of Shadows. <laughs> yeah, 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 that clutch, man. Like, I honest, I feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was great. <laughs> when uh, going into yesterday, I I figured I would run a warlock because like you, Dan, I hadn't run. Uh, I think I've run on Titan the past couple of seasons. Um. And I wanted I wanted to experiment with like some of the void possibilities of it, but after like some of our uh, early early attempts at the Mars heist, I ended up not taking off uh, stasis, the osmiomancy yeah. gloves, and that seemed to really um yeah I I just ran that for the rest of the <laughs> rest of the day because it was so good at helping to take care of ads, and I think that that um. 
a lot of people this season particularly are sleeping on stasis. Yeah. Stasis is in a weird, uh, it's in a weird state Mm -hmm. because strand, I I, I feel like I talk about it a lot. Strand does a lot of what stasis does Mm -hmm. except better. However, like stasis is still incredibly strong. Like I feel what the only thing that makes strand better for what it does, which is, uh, uh, stasis and strand are really good in in in-game content for oppressing and suppressing the enemies Mm -hmm. where it stops them from damaging you stops them from being a, a threat. And I think what people like about strand more is that at least of course, it's the the the, the new hotness. Mm-hmm. Of course, everyone's using it, and it allows you to play uh, more aggressive, more free. You mm-hmm. know, you, things are more suspended if you're running around flipping, putting putting your rally barricades down, tossing shackles, <laughs> all that yeah. kind of stuff. Versus outside of uh, certain builds, you know, stasis just freeze and slows, and then it's just kind of it's kind of it until you can get your stuff back. I think the other reason that people are sleeping on it is it's not really working with the new, what is it, mod 3.0 system? Yeah. Or build crafting 3.0 system? I think that's the biggest reason why people are sleeping on it, because it's not interacting the way Strand is. Like, you you break all these crystals, you don't make any orbs, or you don't get, mm-hmm. like, I think, what is the thing that people use to use? Elemental shards or whatever? yeah. yeah. Shards or elemental wells. Yeah, or like the like all the stuff that used to work really, really well with uh stasis no longer there. They're gonna probably fix that as they always do. I can mm-hmm. see them fixing that. But yeah, people are are, are I agree, people are sleeping on stasis because even though it's not the newness anymore, mm-hmm. especially what you were running, Ozzy people can't hurt you if they are frozen. Exactly. You know? And it seemed like everything was frozen. <laughs> like, Always. All the time. Yeah. All <laughs> so, the time. Um, Wait, something you said there, Dan, the, they'll fix it soon. The, the, there was that blog post mm-hmm. talking about that we're getting el- well, a new version of Elemental Wells, which is you become... Like one of the two get, mods that's coming next season, right? <laughs> yeah, but as well as that, it was uh, involved the it involved the subclasses, yeah. So, like, for stasis, it was picking up multiple stasis shards. We yeah. eventually charge it on, give you an armor charge. I think the the strand one said, if you destroy a tangle, you get armor charge. Yeah, that was that <laughs> was something to me. Sounds really strong. Yeah, I do think tangle needs some help. So whatever help they can give tangle, the better. Yeah, they need more utility for sure. Yeah, I, I, that that fifteen second cooldown on tangle is rough because. If someone wants to build into Tangle, you can't really build into Tangle because of that 15-second cooldown. Mm. So whatever help they can give it, the better. Because sooner or later, because it's going to happen outside of the artifact, probably affecting it, you're going to see a, a monopoly on Strand being suspend and only suspend. And then everyone's going to hate it. So hopefully, the better they can give the, the Unravel, Sever, Tangle stuff, Mm-hmm. For people that want to just make something off meta, quote unquote, the better. But if they don't, then suspense is going to probably get touched as well, which I don't want. <laughs> so. Right. We would need more strand weapons as well mm. to, yeah. to work with those perks. Like unraveling rounds, 
I, I'm pretty sure I have that active on my artifact, but I barely get use out of it at the moment mm-hmm. because there's not really many strand weapons. And the ones that are are already on artifacts, like the SMGs or, um, well, that that was kind of the main one, to be honest. Yeah. I just don't the, want them to touch it on. until they give more things outside of suspend help mm-hmm. before just really touching it all. Agreed. But like you said, like suspend, uh, was, uh, Pidge was running suspend in some of these GMs and was absolutely killing it. Yeah. I was running suspend uh strand and was like and then i think the synergy if anyone is listening and they're struggling with mars battleground they need to run the bills that dan pigeon and i ran because we pretty much had everything either frozen or perma suspend mm-hmm. now that being said <laughs> we did we did learn that suspend and stasis don't work well together but yeah that's a huge I, I had a lot of people complain in my chat i don't know about y'all about how much they were struggling with Mars Battlegrounds. Yeah. I didn't want to be elitist about it, but we just had really good synergy on our class on our classes and did not have a single issue. Yeah, we didn't have to do cheese for nope. that final room, which well, is something just that like popped up. One Omni Hunter with like Paige was running for one for a debuff and just for you know in case we get in a pinch. And then uh, a strand warlock and a strand uh and a stasis Ozzyomancy mm-hmm. uh, warlock. And I felt that was a very, very easy GM with that build. Yeah. Someone actually asked me, like, any tips for the the Mars heist. My my response was literally crowd control. The Norton subclasses are 100% about crowd control over either aggression or survivability. They're just kind of that that whole different category of you can control it. Because, again, (laughs) I actually got a chance to speak about this today, but a lot of GMs and strikes in general... And for those that some people, I'll assume some people might not know this, but a lot of the the encounter flows are based on uh, like killing key enemies or key triggers that spawn the next waves and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I found with the Mars heist, it originally really wasn't intended to be a strike. And it's sort of encounter design is wave after wave of ads. And there's the only, you like, you do one trigger and that's what you get. So in the case of the, the heist, it's, you stay, you activate a plate or yeah, the a towers. location, and then yeah, the towers. That's right. You start the towers, and then you're straight into like a constant flow of ads until you've done, until you've captured. Excuse me, captured the point, which I think a lot of people aren't used to in a GM format, mm-hmm. self included. Was that changed from needing to stand on the plate to because we we f- figured out yesterday that you didn't need to stand on the plate in order to progress it because it was like it was wave based was that always the case my chat said it's always been that way since mars battlegrounds came out okay that's what they told me and they were like how did you not know this and i was like it doesn't matter on anything not gm Mm -hmm. but everything else in the game x's crash uh that's uh public event on Nessus, anything else that requires you to stand on a in a in a area, even PvP that makes you stand in an area and capture a zone only progresses if you're inside of it. So yeah. it's odd that <laughs> you don't have to we've been you don't trained have to here. Like, yeah, <laughs> you've been mentally trained, oh I gotta stand in this thing, let me stand in it. So of course it doesn't matter um in the legend playlist 
doesn't matter because you can just stand in. Sure, it might hurt a little bit, but not to the amount of a GM. Yeah. So I don't think it's fair. I don't know if fair is the appropriate word to expect us all of a sudden to just know you don't have to <laughs> stand on this plate when for 8,000 years we've been taught you see a zone, you capture it by standing in it. In it. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the mandala effect? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that's what this is. I'm 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 questioning myself. I'm like, isn't doesn't those towers have those sort of white circles, mm-hmm. like the UI style HUD mm-hmm. style circles around them for us to say, hey, you need to stand here? Now I'm now I'm like searching my memory. I would probably have to go back and watch watch my VOD or yeah. something. Well it was... I'm gonna have to question all of them now. Like, do I not stand in this or not? <laughs> Whenever they add doing stuff. Well it's a near Pavlovian response, like you see, you see a, a white circle on the ground, or some zone. You're going to go stand in it now, and then when you stand in it, you see the the number go up. Yeah, exactly. So you some okay, let me just stand in it. Exactly. So I don't know. It keeps pushing that up, and and you get some sort of weird gratification from de- defending mm-hmm. the zone. But if you don't have to defend the zone, <laughs> then that makes that like Trick said. So once we find that out, yeah, you just activate and leave. Yeah, it makes that opening. Yep. And capturing all three plays. Someone asked me or suggested, which I, maybe next time if one of y'all do a, that GM before I do, what happens if e- one person goes to each? Mm-hmm. Oh. And just, oh. Act, just breaks it, then just leaves. Yeah. Would you be able to um, capture all three of them? That'd be the mother of all ad clears. Yeah. But since you don't have to stand in any of the zones, just mm-hmm. kill, you could have People a, yeah, I guess fall back, have a designated area. Mm-hmm. And just have a final stand. Just have all three of y'all just kill everything. Now I don't know if I don't do that GM a lot. That the one plate, what does it be? That has the Death Singer. Mm-hmm. I think you have to at least kill him since he stops the plate. Right. But after that, I guess in theory you could just kill whatever and just let the the, the things cap themselves yeah it would stop your abilities as well so you probably don't want to keep that death singer alive mm-hmm. yeah so just kill him then just kill everything else like normal would be interesting if that ends up being the strategy i don't know yeah well yeah that's something definitely worth testing and like i, I feel like that one out of all of them rewarded you playing way further back than than trying to be more aggressive. you have so much room on that too mm-hmm. you know? In most of the rooms, I think the the final two rooms were really, like, what got to us. Like, the room where we had to get the orbs in order to break the the seals. Yeah, that room was was kind of rough just because of the ads coming in from behind us. And then once we got the door open and we we got the anti barrier and the unlock and uh, unstop. Hedge learned very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the fright of my life. Yeah. I like screamed the place down. Yeah, no, wait. We I actually... hope you had a really good clip of that because that had to be very good from your point of view. Because I had, a, <laughs> yeah. I had a really good view of that door opening. <laughs> and well, those that, two guys that was some, showing up. I was going to say that was something else that we learned, right? Mm-hmm. So there's for the, when you reach that part of the strike, there's a, a countdown that starts saying like. Uh, it's like two minutes, uh, like three minutes. It's a sixty seconds, and then backup or whatever happened is that coming. Yeah, it says there's reinforcements on the way, right? Yeah. And considering we did this activity last season, mm-hmm. I I never came across the fail state of it. 
which because we were pretty much Never we're getting those yeah. cores and then shooting the uh, hive sort of glyphs or forget what you call them off the door and yeah so we we actually learned the reason that the bar the barrier and unstoppable spawn at the same time is because we timed out the the reinforcements timer mm-hmm. which the door opens we got to the final boss fight uh but you have to then deal with an anti-barrier and an unstoppable as well as that you don't get access to the heavy ammo crate right. that gets given to you before the boss fight so keep that in mind when you're you're running that that gm but did you, that really get matter is that confirmed though that like the chest is supposed to spawn otherwise i feel like it is because okay, we never I, got I, i'm to, going on we always we never opened up the door yeah we hit failure right. state each time we made it yeah. to the boss room that's that's okay so i tell you what that's what i'm assuming uh don't quote me on I it i believe then. it yeah i believe it but mm-hmm. i think i think that that is what happens you have to fight two extra champions and you don't get the ammo crate before the, the final boss that is a uh, really interesting mechanic if that's true yeah it, again it, that's kind of cool we, I dare say we just haven't came across it yet because we've never hit the failure state for right. that that section. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. It was like that one was like so that room was was fairly hectic. Even if you were up on the podium where where I went to grab that first, uh, we're gonna call it a nut <laughs> in order to grab the first <laughs> nut uh, to break the seals. If that door opened and that unstop was right there, he was beaming me the entire time relentlessly. Yeah. So. There was no safe safe space up there. Um, And then the final boss room, we ended up kiting the boss around that little strip, but after the entrance hallway. Right, we answer. I think that's going to probably be where you see most people keep him. Yeah. Because he didn't, he, I don't know if Pidge ever had this or you did, Dan. When we kited him and kept him on that little line, Mm -hmm. he never did anything. I don't know if he bugged out. He never hit his hammer down. He maybe did it once or twice. Yeah. But he would just follow us. We'd run around and we'd jump over him. He'd turn around, just follow us that entire time. He would um, occasionally go off path into the, like, servers a little bit. But, yeah, and I only ever had him... Well, I had him smash me twice. But I think that's because I started too late on my jump over. Yeah. And so... That seemed like a valuable strat. And the big thing, like you were pointing out yesterday, was ma- keep making sure that the wizards were down the entire yeah. time. We had to keep them de- um, held down in order to progress. Yeah. With, and with Pidge, you go and invis all the time, grabbing those orbs. That was perfect. Because Pidge that, running that, that was like, I, I just gave them all to him. I'm not, I'm not going up there. Just yeah. take this, go in and dunk these. <laughs> we'll try to take Do care of the Do I know what ends. caught me off? Do I know what caught me off a few times? What? I don't even remember, but uh, Dan was on strand. Oh, the so, tangles, yeah. <laughs> uh, I ended up picking up a few tangles oh. to take over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 Every time I the guy would spawn, he would be suspended, and then I would kill him. Like, all right, bitch, here you go. And then he'd be like, oh, I got the tangle instead. I'm like, oh, my And it takes like a That's second for those orbs, to sp- for those uh, yep. charges to spawn, too. But because of the timing of what Pidge and I were doing, every single time I killed him, a tangle spawned right by the orb. So yeah. I had to make sure I picked up the tangle before he got it, or I would get the <laughs> uh, the orb and then bring it to him so he wouldn't take the tangle. That's that's happening more just nightfalls for me. The it, when in when a relic's involved, like 
Mm-hmm. If there's a tangle there at the foot of the relic, you're you're screwed. Like you're gonna have to make a choice. <laughs> you're gonna have to grab one or the other and uh, deal with it. <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. happens. But yeah, that that was that was just a wee funny. That I noticed when we were doing that, I was like, oh, I've got a tangle. That's no use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no use to me at least. Uh, but yeah, the invis plays for that room are huge. That actually, kind of takes me back to like original D one. Not even original D one. What am I saying? Um, LED two. Yeah, running that room. Yeah, um, I seem to have memories of just running, just constantly moving through the sort of server room with the the pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do kind of offer cover, but as you mentioned, the wizards definitely they seem to always get line of sight on you to to be me with their their little arky hands. They and also you, you shoot like a hundred a second, which is yeah. Oh yeah, they're unhinged. They are so yeah. unhinged. Um, but, but once we got that rhythm down, like, kick it those was, guys down. Yeah, yeah, it was plain sailing. I worked on the boss, by the way. Just, I, I guess this is like a lore thing, but that boss, Kelgraph, we've like, we've like memed on them in the past. Like we've, we've, like killed him like multiple times now, and <laughs> in, in, in terms of the story, mm-hmm. so that it was a bit of a pushover in that sense. But see now, not so much a pushover in <laughs> that grandmaster level. <laughs> I don't know, uh, man. Definitely. If you can just ki- if you can just trick him by going, no, no, I'm over here. Then I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't know if we just had a broken version of him, but yeah. if that's how he always is, I highly suggest every team just kite him there while you have. You don't even have to have an invis hunter. Mm-hmm. Just have one person designated to just dunking them. Yeah, because the only stuff that spawns up there by the server. Or wizards, yeah. and as long as your group takes down the wizards, which, in my opinion, is the most important thing in the server room. Yeah, if you can cover, you can cover those guys, get them all down. You're smooth sailing as long as you got one or two people like just keeping them, keeping the boss away from the person that's seen to deposit the server like nodes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I was going to say I had one more funny. Uh, I had a glaive on our main run that we got the clear. Yeah, and I tanked a slam from the from the boss <laughs> with the glaive and then i went to do it again and he shot me down so i'm really unsure if, if i can if i'm able to do it or not like the whole glaive shield maybe it timed out um but if you're feeling risky then i was i'm always a big fan of like using the glaive to tank aggro when you can uh with the shield <laughs> charged so but that's again that's high risk high rewards Knowing the metrics for the listeners to this show, if there's anybody from Bungie listening right now, don't do anything with glaives, please. <laughs> leave leave please, them the way that they are. <laughs> please, no. Yeah, yeah, please, please. Pidge, what are you doing? What are you doing? My boys. I still think they're sleeper. Oh, 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 yeah, actually, yeah. That, that, I think we're just going to get tanked all the time. But yeah. No, never mind. I <laughs> <laughs> um, nice save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, good job. Uh, moving on, uh, proving grounds in Glassway didn't really change all that much. Our like, our team nah. makeup still like outshined anything that was in there. We we kind of we we kind of had like a few fits and starts like at the entrance of proving grounds, but I think yeah, that's mainly like, because of the changes that they made. Up. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, um, I put that to me. Uh, a part of that was I was trying to do the whole like I said earlier using certain things from a subclass but the it was quite t- hard to chain in that strike for sure mm-hmm. so I, I swapped to like the top picks for it um after that we did the hypernet current which is the newest strike to arrive in lightfall um how did you guys feel about um 
that strike as a GM uh, outside of me being stuck in the floor at the boss. Uh, <laughs> floor Dan. <laughs> yeah, Floor Dan. <laughs> How did you guys feel? I'd already run the master, so I was feeling quite comfortable slash confident going in it because I kind of knew what I was going against, mm-hmm. albeit some extra champions and whatnot, but I kind of had had the flow down for the fight, uh, for the strike, sorry. Um, it, it can seem done because it's, it's all new. It's like, oh, it's brand new, but um, you just kind of apply that methodology, like there's a champion, we'll team that, we'll deal with that. Mm-hmm. Prioritize your targets. Um, the boss room did have me worried because it can get very hairy very quickly, mm-hmm. as as it did when yeah. we ran it. Um, I do think the the blight attack really suck as well. They mm-hmm. they're kind of inconsistent. They always have been. Uh, I was kind of worried for those. Uh, the sparrow section was probably the other thing that had me worried at first, but when. You actually put it in practice. It's it's not too bad as long as you're confident moving on a sparrow. Yeah. Uh, and you don't. You remember that you've got darkness yeah. zone thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, Pidge. Uh, my <laughs> apologies on that one. Um, it's all good. Yeah. Those that were in there, Dan Finney, uh forgot he didn't have his glide, so Look. he tried to hop between a gap. Look, <laughs> I'm calling you, out, man. Look. <laughs> he um, went to hop a gap, no glide, and he was gone. <laughs> And I could have made but, it to like the the level below and been fine, but like that's that's not my style. You know this. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, the um, I felt like the sparrow portion was actually probably the safest outside of my fumblings there. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, there was no yeah. there no champions or anything there. Just like smooth sailing, you take out like a group of of taken thrall and every once in a while, and you're fine. Um, the the blight emitters i guess is is the best way to describe them the like the blood cells in the sky that were shooting out the blights those pose the most um threat throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. um and like that was just like that's the blight attack from the boss is what got me into the floor which masterfully done you guys knocking that out just with like patience and like callouts and everything but other than that, I didn't feel like it was that terrible, especially when they give you Vex skulls. Exactly. The skulls yeah. were actually huge, weren't they? They, they do so much damage. Mm-hmm. Speed damage for you. If you especially if, if you're low on ammo. We we tried to we tried to juggle them, didn't we? We were trying to like <laughs> gather them up to use mm-hmm. for each phase, especially for like damage and whatnot. Ended up being a bit fickle though, because we were down down at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, also, like, it was good to f- figure out that their interaction is very much the same as the skulls in Grasp, where yeah. you guys were trying to farm them into, like, a corner, and they would disappear after, like, I think in Grasp it's, like, 14 seconds. I wonder if it's the same for that. It was about the time. same, about 10 to 15 seconds, yeah. Yeah. So, like, as soon as you pick them up, the timer starts on on their decay, and then once it's gone, it's gone, but... If you let it lie, I wonder if it like dropped them from the upper ring that that shows up and disappears. That's right. I'm it, pretty sure they dropped ones. down. Okay, but I didn't want to test it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, because you're only wasting because, GPS at that point. So I feel very odd about this strike because this is the one I was the most excited about. Honestly, mm-hmm. only because I felt this was going. I didn't. 
I didn't think Mars Battleground was going to be the most difficult GM. I felt this one was going to be the most difficult mm-hmm. GM because, like you said, the blights and because of the final room and because of the spell section. Um, what I ended up learning was the craniums have like 80 charges and each <laughs> single charge does like four or 5,000 damage, which is a lot of damage for a, <laughs> for a massive cranium. I don't know. The math mathematicians out there can do the numbers on that. So if you didn't have the craniums or if the craniums were not as plentiful or if the craniums despawned no matter what after you dropped them or the craniums had a there's something else in the game that has it uh, I think tangles when you pick it up the charge slowly disintegrates no matter what whether you use it or not mm-hmm. I feel the craniums which is a, such an elitist take and I will accept it in this the craniums make it a little bit too easy mm-hmm. because we were able to I was able to basically never use my weapons if I wanted to and it took out all the ads with mm-hmm. a lot of ammo left over and it did a lot of damage to the boss. So if you didn't have any ammo, I could I could have saved my heavy and my special if we had a if we had all three of us up and we had used all the craniums on mm-hmm. the boss. I also don't know which I need to do more testing. I almost feel if you pick it up and you have your uh if I had my Izanagi's already equipped it would take advantage of the weapon surge buff that I was using. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true, but That'd sometimes I felt, it felt like I was doing more damage than intended with it. But it's also because I ran around with the the uh, my my weapon surge equipped when I picked it up, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I would notice it wouldn't do as much damage. But I don't know. I don't know if so folks want to test it. Even though I say that I enjoy this GM a lot, mm-hmm. but it feels like one of the easier ones we've had. Yeah. Mainly because the boss never... I expected the boss to move around more or be more of a threat. Yeah, they kind of the boss kind of picks a spot and that's it. And they, just stays there. For that phase. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember calling it out one time because I was in a panic. But mm-hmm. the, the boss... The only thing the boss could really do that could take it, like, get over... Like, words uh, is overcome you is... It can hit you with the blight attacks that it fires. Yes. And while it's doing that, it's spitting out sort of solar splash attacks. So if you end up in a corner somewhere trying to hide from it, that blight could tag you and then it could splash you on the corner, which is what almost oh, happened it goes to me at through, one point. It goes through the thing too, which is mm-hmm. how, I, how I learned when Pigeon was like, don't stand there. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm behind this thing. <laughs> no, nope, it went through no. and it still hit me. <laughs> so, it was so, like, oh, yeah, I didn't know it goes through objects as well. I thought I was going to absorb it, but... Mm-hmm. I've been able, like, at Daniel during that strike was the, the leadership was insane, kept me sane whilst we were a man down effectively. Mm-hmm. And we, we got it done, no problem. It was it was GG's after we'd, we'd kind of controlled everything um, for that strike. Yeah, the, the, the strat I think most people should do is the one we did, which is you grab the craniums, you use them to destroy all the stuff except for one. Since shooting all of them triggers the bosses, triggering the boss to do what it does and, and move. Mm-hmm. As long as you kill everything with either the craniums or your weapons and then leave one blight up, whatever one you're comfortable not getting hit by, you can spend all the time you want freely saving up for supers if you want. You know, maybe farming heavy because there are waves that respawn if you don't kill some of the blights. 
As I, it's a pre, I, I don't know if this is going to be one of the ones people end up farming. Mm-hmm. If there is doubles, but if on this list of the ones we've had, I would say this is one of the few I would farm. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. I was just going to th- throw in an honorable mention, and I don't think any of us had this on yesterday, but uh, Fighting Lion apparently does work in that strike. Really? Uh, There's a lot of red bars, yeah. It's a uh, grenade launcher surge, and mm. I think it's a void surge as well. Don't quote me on that again. I can't remember. But uh, Fighting Lion apparently does a lot of good work for that strike. Isn't Fighting Lion still bugged as well to do like way too much damage to red bars? No, I think that's part of the reason as well. <laughs> <laughs> Get it while you can, gamers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we have the remakes left to cover. So like, uh, which? Um, I guess I guess which of the two do you guys enjoy more? Let's talk about that one. Is it Arms Dealer? I'm gonna have I'm to a, have it. You go uh, first, Dan. I'm, I'm curious what y'all say. Okay, before I say mine, it's kind of after yesterday's experience of it, mm-hmm. but that was very subjective and might not always happen for everybody. But it gave me a buzz, so. Lake of Shadows for me. See, <laughs> for I was going to say Lake as well. I enjoyed yeah. Lake more. Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. Everybody's I been didn't think it was that crapping bad on it this se- this entire season, saying that it's yeah. the worst of the two remakes. I actually think it's a little bit better than our Armstrong. I, I agree. And that's also saying I'm pretty sure I was the only person who didn't hadn't done the G uh, the strike at all. Yeah, I didn't. And yeah. a couple of our wipes are my fault because I went in the room <laughs> not knowing what to expect. <laughs> the, that tormentor oh, room. Oh my gosh, the, the tormentor room. <laughs> But I, I gotta agree with Pitch. I like Lake more than Arm Sealer. I'm kinda doing this in reverse order in my head, but the boss room was intense. Yeah. But it was a exciting kind of intense. And it wasn't overwhelming it, intense. It, yeah. It, yeah, it it wasn't yeah. frustrating. Like for those that haven't ran it yet, the the what actually happens is the there's a bunch of blights and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, the blighted grounds that you can't really walk on. And round the outskirts of the arena is the cru- the darkness cruxes, which you have to shoot out to give yourself ground to stand on. I mean, I, I guess I was on the hunter as well, which made it easier for me to maneuver around. But I found it really fun just hopping around, maintaining floor space to take stuff down. And the like, it wasn't ad dense. It, it spawned enough ads in to be a threat if you weren't careful. Again, shout out to disorient, disorienting grenades, which I was using that whole strike. Uh, but it was the boss. It was the boss fight that sold it for me in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are kind of crapping all over it because of the push the payload sections. Yeah, and I actually think yeah. those are even though you're pushing a payload along, I think there's plenty of stuff that you take care of along the way that keeps you active in the strike. It's mm-hmm. not like you're just pushing a payload and you're standing on it waiting for it to trundle along. You're actually running back and forth to it to, to deal with like targets and then uh, jump in and out. I also think they took away the frustrating parts like the, the triple unstop champions yeah. on the sort of dam section. The three blights I, too. The blights as well, yeah. yeah. You, you don't have to pass through the blights anymore and deal with that rubbish. Uh, for me, the triple champions and then the the knights that spewed all the fire on you, they're kind of I think they're gone pretty much. They're gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were my least favorite parts of that strike. <laughs> I, I think the the ones in the end are still fire blights, but because Pitch had blinding, it, I don't think it mattered. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. but I don't know. I they I whenever they showed up for me, I just broke their shields and I like weakened them real quick and finished them. So they never did the fire stuff to me. Mm-hmm. It was just again the frustrating things. At the end, we used to have an unstop and overload constantly hide in and out of cover towards mm-hmm. the end of that that sort of bridge platform section or the dam. I, I call it the dam. I'm not sure if it actually is. Um, yeah, that section. Dam. We used to have like the the overload and unstop just congregate together, and you had to either you had to play it a certain way to get through them. Now you don't actually have that. You do have uh, some high priority targets there, but it's not the same as before. So it's kind of easier to navigate around and deal with. Yeah, I actually so having talked about this strike before running it really, and before like really experiencing the difficulty that the GM brought to it, also kind of taking into consideration some of the critique of last week's challenge for master Ron. Oh yeah. I feel like much of the critique is around movement and not being able to go as quickly as you want to through historically what has been like a faster strike. Um, and tie that into like the master Ron thing. Like people weren't you like shatter skating, not really a thing in that, in that challenge. Um, you are kind of subjected to the physics of the launchers, but my team, when we attempted it, we hit, we did two attempts to knock out the challenge and then we were done. And the only reason why it was two attempts instead of one was because of ad clear. The launch, yeah. launchers didn't really do anything with us because we're not used. We're not a team that runs um, movement tech. Like it's does, like, it's like you've made that problem out of it before you've actually done it yet because you know what you like. And then when you go back and look at what actually causes the problems, you realize that's not, it's not really that it's not related to this or that. Mm-hmm. I think me, me stand on a payload and the GM yesterday, I wasn't really standing on the payload. I was back and forth. I had to deal with, I had to be careful and play yeah. my life and no, it just around. moves anyway. You don't, you don't really have to stand by it. You just have to, it goes Stops, you stand, you waves, stand by it to stuff. go faster, man. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah, but Overwatch <laughs> moment, <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's what I, I believe, I'm like to believe. I was so worried about all the stuff. Like, I don't know. Like I said, I hadn't done the GM. Or I hadn't done the strike at all. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be the worst thing ever, based yeah. off of what everyone yeah. had said. Community what fatigue. I had been, yeah, basically like. I had been to other people's streams while they were doing a strike, and I kind of I casually watched, and and they were like, "This is terrible. This is this is god awful." Mm-hmm. And then everyone would be like, "I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> this strike is the worst." I'm like, "Okay, well, let me be prepared for this strike on a GM." And like we all said, I went out of it was like, "That's it." <laughs> now, granted, the the escort and the payload, no one's a fan of, but I. I kind of felt like the payload was just kind of there mm-hmm. and you were just killing waves of enemies while you're moving and progressing it forward. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. But like, I think we've also, I guess kind of agreed on, they made a lot of changes that I actually like. They took out a lot of the, they, they took out the overloads, which were a big problem. They took out a lot of sections that like were, were areas that could like team wipe you in no time. Mm hmm. And I like the boss room more, mm-hmm. you know, like, sure. Like, I guess he has one health bar. So technically you could still bake him. Yeah. If you have a, a, 
a, a team that like or a strat comes up. I don't know. Maybe it's rockets or maybe it's all it needs is the appropriate surge. But mm-hmm. I enjoy it way more now as a strike, and I think they did it. They did a better job with Lake of Shadows than they did Arm Stealer, in my opinion. Yeah. The the two things that like so the meatball section still I mean that's still dangerous yeah. but it allows you to like it allows you to move around he doesn't the arena move more as much as I thought though yeah like I was expecting I heard her there was a meatball but I expected him to be shooting those three things yeah constantly I expected him to be like um, like how he used to be in the uh, GMs. No, 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 no. What's uh, that thing? Gambit. Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. He was a pretty decent threat even at that. I expected it to be that on a next level. I expected him to always be immune. Like, you know, you do a little bit of damage, he would go immune as would show up. Mm -hmm. That's what I was expecting in the GM version. But there's not a lot of health gates there. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of uh, health gated uh, enemy spawn triggers. It's just he shows up, kill him. Yeah, and all fights actually a lot of fun. And that yeah. section, therefore, yeah. As long as you take care of the three little things, your uh, the little orbs and the occasional void wizard, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I like how we're saying this with trepidation. <laughs> like, we know this is going to be released like, this week. <laughs> it's weird because I was expecting to go out of it, being like, mm-hmm. "Man, that was oof, man, y'all, oof. <laughs> wiping the sweat off my forehead. Yeah. That was rough." But like. I walked out with it being like, eh, that's not bad. Yeah. I, I think the, the Tormentor in that little room, that's that's the only thing that I can think of that was mildly annoying just because of how claustrophobic that room can be when yeah. compared to the rest of the strike, which is much like much more open. Um, now, if he was an imprint? Yeah. That would be no. He was, he was a Tormentor was it not? If he was a if he was a imprint instead of one we could just suspend and blind and freeze. Yeah. I'd have a different conversation, maybe. Like the one in Hypernet. But. Yeah. Do, do you know what the... I actually think the worst thing for that room, and that's what killed us in our first run, was the Acolyte's the eyes. The Acolyte eyes, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, they, they still hurt, yeah. I, I became kind of meticulous with, like, what priority targets are, and even today I was doing, like, some... I mean, it's separate content, but I was doing, like, Master Raids, and... The most most of the time, the priority targets are the wee small dudes that are there to distract yep. you from the big dudes. Because mm-hmm. if you start tunnel visioning the big tunnel visioning the big dudes, and the little dudes are plinking away at you un, unchallenged, then that's what causes a wipe more often than the the big yeah. dudes getting well, you. And because that, they're just the one the one thing that harkens back to the Mars battlegrounds. The boss wasn't Same the threat. Brain. The wizards were the threat. So it that, just that comes again. down to knowing what you need to prioritize. Like you wanna, you would think having a list of prioritization be boss, major, ultras, red bars. Mm-hmm. When generally it's the red bars or the mid value stuff that will wipe your team before you realize it. Yeah, snipers in line of sight or proximity is kind of yeah. what I look at. Yeah. So yeah, I I just remember getting into that room. Well. Just for well, people Dan to know, getting into that room. That, <laughs> I mean, yeah, epic, Dan, we, <laughs> we, we had an issue. We we probably would have been okay. I don't know, but for those who would have been there, fine epic, had I took your lead on that. Yeah, <laughs> epic Dan was like a few ticks ahead of us and made us join allies. And by the time we joined the allies, it was already chaos in the room. Nothing was under control. 
and <laughs> yeah, the the acolyte eyes beamed us down, and the tormentor goes, "I thought it was hilarious." I got yeah. incredibly spooked because the door closed behind him. I turned around, <laughs> y'all were standing there. The door closed behind me. I turned back around. He shows up, and then I see uh, on the ceiling eight acolytes show up, <laughs> and I'm like, I am not prepared for this. It was a true I thought I was just going to run through. I was used to, like the little thrall being in that room, and then you go to the next room. No. Do you know what? See, because you had that was such an organic experience to you, your first time playing that as a nightfall and on Grandmaster, in fact, at all. Like, you won't forget that now. You will yeah, be no. like, there's a tormentor that next room, and we're going to make sure we're ready for it. Yeah. Like that. Everybody that's, slowly that's... walk into the room together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. it helps you swap that stuff. Yeah. I love that. Um, To kind of wrap up here, the last one was the arms dealer, which is the one that I. In- I enjoyed, I, I Pidge and I played it for the first time just in the regular strike playlist, um, or I played it for the first time with Pidge in the regular strike playlist before we even hopped in together, and oh, yeah. like I enjoyed how they tie how they how they changed it. I th- I thought that that was yeah. it was a nice change, um, thematically. Yeah, thematically, I liked the change of the path that they that they chose mm-hmm. to do. Um, but yeah, overall, I feel like that was the of the two between Lake of Shadows and Arms Dealer. I felt like that was the the weaker of the GM experiences because yeah. the original final room felt more like a threat. Personally, yeah, you had. It seems like there's a, the way the, the fight goes. There's a lot more cover and the boss gets a lot more down help. quicker. A lot more NPC help too. Yeah, the NPC the NPCs, help does make a big difference. Yeah. They split up the aggro. Um, I, they also I do really good damage to all the like regular guys. Rank and file. Yeah, they. I thought they were a bit of a meme because like they're all right. Actually, I'm just going to say it right, but the amount of times that I targeted the NPC <laughs> allies <laughs> right. over yep. en- enemies, like again, this is a PS uh, PSA Bungie. If you can make, and I know you, they've got their tags above them. They've got different like armor and stuff, but I still think they're just too samey compared to enemy units. So Agreed. I found myself like engaging with them, and well, it was actually a good guy, good cabal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, friendly cabal. Um, that they was wear just blue. one thing. That was my only gripe, I guess. They wear blue, but, even though they're blue. <laughs> like Paige is saying, in a pinch, like when you're like in the fray of just fighting in that room. Oh yeah, you're gonna start shooting. You the see, you, you see, see a non-guardian, you're trying to attack it. Exactly. Right. So it does need to be something that is like, I don't know if they need to have a aura around them or like <laughs> something. <laughs> they just need to show up on your radar as like yeah. a friendly. But there needs to be something. Like I, I myself wasted a couple of Izzy shots on him, thinking I was shooting a cabal mm. that was, you know, rushing in, and yeah. I was like, "Oh no, that's an ally," you know. So like, I, I 100% agree that I don't know what they can do. We appreciate the help that does make oh, the yeah. GM a lot easier. Thanks, Bungie. Like they, 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 they I, I watched them surround an unstoppable and kill him without stunning him, just like stomping him <laughs> over and over. So that's cool, but I don't want to waste them on them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, that was more than grape, and to be honest, this was the the first strike that I did, like the first game I did with Strand on, mm-hmm. as per the Guardian rank requirements, which is to do a Grandmaster with, or it might even just be a normal Nightfall. I can't remember. It was Grandmaster. 
Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. do a Grandmaster of a Darkness subclass and Strand on my Hunter felt amazing for this. Mm-hmm. I think every mm-hmm. other second I was shouting out like Woven Mail moment because oh, yeah. I'd Woven, I'd woven <laughs> Mail propped whilst I was I'm getting absolutely... Be- yeah, I was getting beamed by a lot of the vehicle units, the uh, Threshers, the, the Landers and stuff. They were quite rough. Uh, but my other favourite thing was you have to transport those solar orbs to Dunk to, to release prisoners or to progress the boss fight and i found that i was able to grab it and then grapple across the room to dunk it like almost instantly mm-hmm. without any kind of hassle except for that uh that barrier champ in the that barrier champ. oh yeah. that was that was well that was at the start i remember certainly at the start i was i had bad angles but like we we swatted a little bit and we we tidied up <laughs> they yeah. went better we, we kind of yeah. mapped and, and leaned and stuff um uh, that 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 was my thoughts. I was like, I, I really enjoyed using Strand for that and it being useful because normally I probably would run with it and like Invez or I think I'm pretty sure it's like a Solar Singe that strikes. Mm-hmm. So rocking maybe Blade Barrage combination or something. Uh, but I got to go away from that for a strike, which was cool. But I actually think my, one of my top picks for the day has got to be Wish Ender, by the way. Mm-hmm. In terms of exotics, I saw you were. I I saw you, Dan. Were you using that yesterday as well? No, no, no. So it was, it was just pigeon. It was just pidge. If we if we had to give like an award to something for exotic of the day, that that was my exotic for the day. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was it was great from all those. I'm curious if anyone else feels this way. Uh, Glad felt this way about the GMs. Um, I do like the mixture of the six GMs that we had mm-hmm. as far as different ways to approach each GM, even the ones that we had done a dozen times now. But I also like how, I don't want to say free, how much variety each of the classes have that they can actually take into a GM. Mm-hmm. You know, Pidge was able to run uh, Solar and do a really good job with it. He was able to run Strand. He was able to run Void instead of you do GMs all six and you got to run Omni Hunter. Right. Yeah. We were able to run Strand, Warlocks, uh, Solar Warlocks, Stasis Warlocks. Um, and maybe next season they'll, they'll amp up Ark and we can bring that in. But even if they don't, I do like how all the classes have way more diversity mm-hmm. in what yep. you can bring to a GM. So it's not so samey all the time. I, yep. I did enjoy that a lot instead of in past seasons and the, and just with Pidge and I in general, but just in GMs in general, there's been a static solar choice, uh, hunter choice, Titan choice, Warlock choice mm-hmm. and a very static team composition that will be required or for weapons. a GM or like, weapons yeah. as well. I, I think you already know what you're going with. That. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, dude. That that was my original goal for the day, and I feel like I pretty much did, did that. I went in and used the abilities to get champion deal with champions. I used different builds that I'd, I'd had saved for a while now, rather than it just being like. Like you said, the 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 one glove fits all mm-hmm. uh, choices that have always worked. I got to divert from that. Maybe compromising the actual effectiveness of his getting it done, but yeah. at least I knew to myself that hey, I'm actually trying this out and um, 
No, I think on any other GM, your solo one would have been really good. Yeah. Well, that that was my favorite of the day. Like I said, like yeah. I said, those, I had my young Ahamkara spine on. I was tossing grenades exactly. left, right, and center. Yeah. Um, that became that even became useful for the boss because I could DPS the boss because yep. we had no heavy, we had no ammo between us somehow. It was somehow <laughs> we'd spend it all. Or that I, is well, probably one issue. Like you would think with finders and scouts now, mm-hmm. and it's, I think all of us were running an exotic, and yeah. I'm pretty sure exotics are supposed to help with heavy. <clears throat> I was running bricks from beyond, and I was supposed to help with heavy. You know. I don't know yeah, what the whole system was from heavy, but we had too many strikes where the three of us were like, I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You had to, you had to resort to primary plinking. Yeah, just the, the plinking. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that and that. I guess you want to have to still bring Aeons, but I don't think there's not, there's not as many champions in these GMs anymore with the exception of Battlegrounds. I think that that's like the, that was kind of like the common like note among people, right? Is that they didn't like, champions as a sole difficulty modifier and like i don't either no but like what i mean is if you're going to remove the amount of champions Mm -hmm. there needs to be a little bit of a more consistent system for getting heavy well so my question is did we have fewer champions or did we have more ways of taking them down you know what there's, there's definitely some sort of algorithmic equation that says less champions, more big, uh, heavy yellow bars, but yeah. also uh, more ways to do champions, so less ammo. Or there might even have been ammo modifiers like famine. Active. Yeah. Like, I, I tend to, to brush over those, which is maybe a bad habit. I don't know. Um, but somewhere out there, there, there definitely needs to be some sort of baseline. Like, okay, I should have got some ammo by now. Yeah. Whatever. We win multiple rooms without heavy, is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it just, if, if that is true, which I would, I didn't think about, but that might be true. It would suck if our ability uptime and our strand stasis, whatever uptime that like allows us to more consistently deal with champions causes us. <laughs> to have a net positive, uh, net, net negative on getting heavy more consistently, mm-hmm. which will, yeah, if that, that does happening. happen, it's going to force somebody to fall back on Aeons. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, maybe they want that. Maybe that keeps Aeons relevant, but I don't know. They're like, like Pitch said, there should, there should be at the very least a baseline for it's been 10 minutes. Here's yeah. at least a single brick of heavy, you know. Oh, oh, hey, this red, this red bar just dropped you two bricks of heavy and an exotic. Yeah, <laughs> like where's that been all this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, guys, like the, the the Mars GM would have been way faster if any of us had heavy instead absolutely. of plinking away at them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I hope that I they was just going to throw out my personal favorite. My personal favorite is when you've had no heavy the whole fight and you beat the final boss and the final and boss he drops, drops heavy. heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for yeah. allowing me to come with you yesterday and 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 completely obliterate Conqueror in a day. Also, congratulate congratulations on Exemplar, both of you. Um, Exemplar, yeah. Paragon Exemplar. What is it? Paragon. Whatever the max is. Paragon is is <laughs> the max. So we'll, yeah. we'll get there soon. We'll get there soon. But um, I'm very close. Yeah. Why don't we have you guys tell people where they can find you on the internet? Starting with you, Epic Dan. Uh, you could find me 
pretty much everywhere as just Epic Dan Tween Two. That's on YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Twitter. I talk a lot about Destiny, but I also talk a lot about sports and food. So if you like any of those things, you might like me. Heck yeah, Pidge. What about you? Uh, you guys can find me pretty much all the usual Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, uh, I guess Discord to an extent. And it's <laughs> now I need to say, I don't know how to say this phonetically, so you need to follow me at Pigeon, which is P I J I triple N. There may be an underscore out there. You'll know who I am when you see the the, the P with the the bird shape in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm this. I talk loads about Destiny. I. I'm quite passionate, so you might not always agree with what I'm saying, but just let me have my let, let, let me have it out, <laughs> uh, and definitely come try and uh, check out a stream if you can. It's always a good laugh. Heck yeah! I, I have some feel. I have a feeling that some people are going to be having some comments about our our Lake of Shadows comments. <laughs> so, let me hear them. Yeah, 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 come at us. Come at us. My name's Danfinity. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and the TikTok at Danfinity, where the eyes are else. You can also find me on Twitch three days a week helping Guardians through in-game activities in Destiny 2. If you want to join a helpful community in Destiny 2, please consider joining the Discord, discord.gg forward slash Danfinity. If you want to support the show, please remember to rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you want to send three bucks a month to help keep the lights on over here, head on over to coffee.com forward slash Danfinity. That is ko-fi.com forward slash Danfinity. All the links are in the notes for the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you find what you're grinding for. <laughs>